Well, hello there, fellow travelers. Thank you for joining me once again um, as uh, this is the Unbroken Ground, episode number 22. Uh, we're going to continue just talking about Jesus and some of the things that he said. Um, and today we're going to talk about the feeding of the 5,000 and the uh, the title will be What Are the Odds? And I'm just really going to go over, think through back some stories. Think, think through over some stories in the Bible where God does the impossible um, and how we are to have that attitude when we when we approach life and when we do life um, and how that fits into faith and, and what that means to be a follower of Jesus. So yeah, that's what we're going to talk about today. Again, if you have uh, lots of any questions or lots of suggestions or fun things to say, you can always find me on the, my Facebook page, uh, the facebook.com forward slash the unbroken ground also you could also email at the unbroken ground at gmail.com or you can find me on instagram uh, under the unbroken ground uh, all way, great ways to send any thoughts or questions and hope that you enjoy today as we continue to um, push in and, and try to, to follow jesus more every day So when you think about um, Jesus feeding the 5,000, uh, one of the phrases in there that um, specific, specifically when we're talking about Jesus feeding 5,000 in Matthew chapter 14, um, which is the main topic, main uh, text that we'll be thinking about today, uh, the phrase in there that, that just really sets my imagination on fire, just uh, makes me really think about it, um, is, is, the, the, is what Jesus says when... Uh, the disciples come to him. The disciples come to him, and they say, um, "Jesus, these people send send these people away. We're in this we're in this deserted place. There's no restaurants around. There's no food. Um, t- tell them to go away so they can go find something to eat." And Jesus looks at them and says, "No, you don't need to tell them to go away. You feed them." And the disciples of have have counted the cost. Um, basically, they've they've taken inventory. They've counted the, the number of people that are there. They've counted uh, the, the resources that they have. They know they don't have enough money for sure. And, and again, they, they just, they're out in this kind of this wilderness. Where would they get the food? They, they just had no clue. But they did have um, these, these, uh, this, these five loaves and these two fish. And so they said, well, Jesus, how? How could we do this? Um, all we have are these two, these two fish and these five loaves of bread. And so, um, yeah, Jesus says, all right, we'll have the people sit down and he blesses the food. And of course, uh, the, the disciples, um, begin to serve and it doesn't run out. In fact, there's enough left over that there are baskets that are picked up. There are leftovers. Um, and I, I think that I focus so much on the, the phrase you feed them is because I, I feel like there is a, um, a, such a strong lesson here to learn, that, that God has um, this, the way that he works so in, in so many ways, the desires of how he works is often through the impossible moments or for the, through the improbable moments of our lives. Um, I, I think about the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Um, and as, as they are uh, serving in a foreign land, as they are being, uh, if you don't know the story, it's in Daniel, um, 
It's also a great vegetable called Rack Shack and Binny. Lots of fun, catchy songs, songs about uh, eating uh, the chocolate bunny. Um, so watch that. Um, or read Daniel. Um, both are good. Uh, so, but... Basically, um, the King Nebuchadnezzar builds a um, an idol that he is going to have all of the people of the land that when they when they play the instruments and they make the, this noise, um, they are there. Everybody is supposed to bow down to it. Well, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are are um, Israelites, and they know that they can worship no other god but um, God, and to bow down before false idols would be idolatry, and and that's against the uh, Ten Commandments, and so they're like, well, we can't do that, and so they don't. Um, And so uh, this makes Nebuchadnezzar mad, uh, and he's like, Look, I'll give you one more chance. So put, I've, I, I mean, I've got you in these these high places here. I've 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 promoted you in the government. Um, you you have you want you lack of nothing. Um, just bow down, and they don't. And so he he basically says, Look, you you bow down, or I'm going to throw you into the furnace. I'm going to I'm going to kill you. And uh, the answer that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego give um, Nebuchadnezzar is basically they they said, Look. Um, if you throw us into the furnace, our God can save us. Um, he is totally 100% capable to do that. He has that power. He has that ability. We have faith that he can. Um, but even if he doesn't, even if he doesn't save us, even if he chooses not to, we won't bow down to your idol. And uh, as the story goes, they, they, uh, Nebuchadnezzar's like heat the furnace up to um, hotter than it's ever been before. And, and the guards grab them, they bind them, and they throw them into the fire. And the, the guards themselves actually die from getting too close to the heat. Um, so, but Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, uh, in the middle of the fire, they um, are okay. And there's a, there's a fourth figure there. Um, which uh, a lot of people would say is that is representative of Jesus or or God and um, that um, an angel whatever uh, will there's lots of different theories it's not super important which one you settle on uh, but just know that it represents God's presence with them um, and they are untouched and so Nebuchadnezzar says hey you guys come out of there and they do and they they don't even smell like they have um, burnt clothes on even though they were in the furnace and so Nebuchadnezzar falls down and worships God and and I think that um, that is um, just a uh, a strong reminder that God works at those times um, when it seems the the most improbable uh, it's it's the most unlikely times God likes to work in those areas um, and that's that's what all of, uh, if you look at cha- Hebrews chapter 11 and 12, um, it's all about faith and how God works through people's faith and all the things that he does. And and we are called to have the kind of faith that I have, that expects, like Abraham. Abraham is, is uh, a man of faith because he, God promises him that he's going to be the father of many nations, and yet he doesn't have any children, and, and he just continues to get older and older and older, and, and yet he still has no children, and, and so he is, um, and so he's, he just continues to have faith, and even in the moment where um, God says, hey, Abraham, I want you to take your son, Isaac, up onto the mountain and, um, and sacrifice him. 
Um, and this again was an ultimate test by God. God, I don't think ever intended for Abraham to 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 sacrifice Isaac, but there was this faith that that uh, the Bible says that Abraham had that he was just like, well, if if even if I had to sacrifice Isaac, God would just make him come back to life. God would do something. God was bigger um, than the impossibilities, and and I think that is the the mindset that that I so think that. Um, that I want to have more uh, when I look at the world today, um, when I look at my life, when I look at the, the circumstances that I go through, is this idea that, that when Jesus looked at the crowd, he saw the, the, the tremendous possibilities of what God could do. But when the disciples looked at the crowd, they saw the liabilities. They saw the problems. They saw, they said, look, um, Jesus, we're we are in the wilderness, and there's no food around, and we don't. Even if there was, even if we could go to town and buy enough bread and buy enough fish to feed these people, we couldn't afford it. So, so a, we're out in the middle of nowhere, and there are no grocery stores. There are no towns to go to. There's no place to get food. And b, even if we were next to Jerusalem, even if we were next to the city of Rome, um, even if we were in the metropolis areas, um, we didn't. We don't have that kind of money. We, we can't afford it. We couldn't afford um, to to buy dinner for all these people. Um, and that that is something that uh, the disciples. I mean, they weren't wrong. Like they they could they were right. There was. There was nothing within the resources as far as they understood them, as far as the human side goes, that they could do. There was nothing that could be done. They, they just, the, they were just, it wasn't going to happen. It would take a miracle. Uh, that's, a, that's a cliche that we have because of um, this idea that there are times when, we, when we're just saying that it is, um, it's, it takes a miracle um, because we don't have the, the human resources. We don't have the um, ability um, to make things happen. And when we don't, um, we have to rely upon God. And, um, and we don't, I think we don't, we don't like that. And I think that uh, especially in the American culture, we very much don't want to rely upon anything. We want to be in control. We want to... Uh, be the ones that have have figured it all out. That we have all the things um, that we think how they should go, and we we want to show people that we are the ones that have that are in charge, that are that are at work. And uh, when we do that, then we often close the door to the ways that God works. Uh, and it's a it's a it's an it's a balancing act. Um, it's a balancing act because we are to be wise. Um, this is what Jesus says. He says, you should be as wise as serpents and innocent as doves. And so there's this, there's this balancing act where um, we are expectant with hope. We live with hope that God is going to move in big and mighty ways and he's going to do things that, that we, would, we could never imagine, but also that we are, we are to do our part. Um, like the, it's not a like Jesus invitation. So when 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 the disciples come to Jesus and they say, Jesus, send send these people away. They they need to go figure out their own problems. Um, uh, Jesus uh, Jesus wasn't um, 
you know, trying to create the expectation that you didn't have to do anything. Like we, like, um, like following Jesus is not just, just being still and never doing anything. Being still as part of following Jesus. We should, we should find moments where we have to meditate and think, um, just so that we can follow Jesus. But, but there's also this idea that, that, that we're called to, to work, to do things, um, that we're called to do good deeds, that we're called to do good things, that, that what Paul tells us is that, that God has actually created for us in, in advance um, good deeds, that he has, he has seen that, that he will have his followers and those that will choose to follow him and that they have work to do. Uh, and and that, that as long as we're alive, as long as we have breath in our body, as long as our, our uh, hearts are beating, uh, God has us here on this earth for a reason. And, and I think that so it's this, this balancing act to know that um, we're not called to do everything in our own power, in our own strength, or our own resources, but we're also not called to um, just pretend like, um, we'll do the least amount that we can do. And as we do that, then, uh, we'll see it, uh, because, because we're like, oh, well, God's just going to do it. Um, I, I don't, uh, I don't need to do anything. And that's why I think in the, in the story, you see the combination of the two things. You see Jesus saying, you give them something to eat, you feed them. And the disciples were like, well, uh, we thought you might say that. Um, and uh, because you've said that, we want to point out that all that we have is uh, five loaves of bread and two fish for 5,000 people. And now, you know, it's important to point out here that we're talking about 5,000 men because that's who they counted. They didn't count women and children. So it could have been um, anywhere from five to 15,000, could have been 10,000, could have been 7,000. We don't know how many actually filled out the whole crowd. Um, but it, but the point is, is that um, there was a collaboration between the resources that the disciples had, and maybe not even the disciples, but somebody in the crowd. Um, some, some uh, in one of the gospels, it's it's some young boy um, who whose mom had packed him a lunch, basically uh, comes forward. But, but even so, so it's this combination of this, the resources that we have, the earthly resources that we have, and we bring those to Jesus, um, and we ask for his blessing, and he blesses them, and he's able to use our resources to be able to accomplish growth for his kingdom, to be able to accomplish amazing things um, in the name of furthering his kingdom and in his glory. And um, I, I think that uh, that it is um, it that it's the the balance is so hard to maintain because we we um, often fall into the same ideas, same trap that the that the disciples fell into, is that we look around and and the problem is just too big. The, the 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 world is too lost the we're we're everything's just too broken and so there's there's just no hope there's no fixing things um, like our hope is just that one day Jesus is gonna come back and that's our only hope and and 
yeah, there, there is a hope that we have is that, that Christ will return. He'll be triumphant, that we will, we will have our eternal selves. We'll, we will, that, is, that is our hope. That is our final hope. But in the meantime, you have Jesus who's saying to, um, to us, and, and as he said to Peter, he's like, you feed them. You feed my sheep. You do it. Um, it, it's such an important part of, of following Jesus is to know that he has given us gifts and talents and resources to, glor- to bring glory to his name. And when we don't use those or when we think that we are not good enough or we don't have enough or that we um, can't do enough, we're not, we can't do a big enough thing, um, then, we, then we miss out on opportunities uh, to work in tandem with with God's power and our resources, and and I think one of the things, and I wrote about this in the in, in one of my, in my blog, my latest blog on Pathios about this, and I think it's it's still so key. One of the things that keeps us from doing anything is that we imagine all of the reasons why not. So whenever we have um, an idea, whenever we have a, a vision, and whenever we have, like, we're going to do something, um, and, and this goes very much, this is very true, I think, for creative people, um, that they have to, like, the people who create things and actually move beyond just having an idea and actually creating things, they have to move past this idea that um, the first thing we do, it feels like as humans, when we come up, when we have an idea, the first thing that we do is we begin to think about all the ways it can go wrong. Um, oh, well, you know, we can't, we can't, um, Jesus, we can't feed the people. Um, there's just not enough people. There's not enough resources. Um, what are we going to do? How would we do this? God, we're just going to, I mean, even if we started with these, these five fish and two loaves, I mean, what are we going to do? Feed 10 people and say, well, that's all we have. Um, I mean, that's, is that even enough for, for us as the disciples and you, Jesus, is that enough? Um, I mean, it's, it's, it can't, it won't stretch. And then, and then. Um, when people find out there's no food, but there's this, are, are they going to riot? Are they going to, uh, is it going to, are we going to have this terrible situation on our hands where people are, um, you know, stampeding and fighting for, for those, these resources? Um, or, or maybe just like that, that uh, um, if they, if they tell, um, if we, so it's just this idea that, that as we think about, we just think about all of the things that, that can't, that could go wrong. And so we don't do it. For, for example, um, you know, God is calling you to be, a, be creative in some way, um, to serve in some way. And the first thing almost immediately that pops into our heads whenever we think about what we might do or what we might be called to doing is the, well, what if it doesn't work? What if it doesn't work? What if it's not good? What if, what, if, um, what I produce or what I do um, doesn't produce the results that I want? Um, what, what if I, what if I write a sermon and, and nobody cares? What if I write a book? What if I write a song? What if I prayer, prayer? What if I start a ministry? What if I give to church? What if I, um, serve uh, at a, at a soup kitchen? What if, what if I care for my neighbor and it just doesn't make a difference? After all, I mean, what, what is, what, who am I? And this is what we say to ourselves: We're like, who, who, who am I? What? Who? Who am I to do this thing? Who am I to um, be? Think that I am? I am nobody. Why would? Why would my 
prayer? Why would my sermon, why would my care, why would my gift, why would my service, why would my heart be what God uses? Who am I? I'm, I'm not. I, I mean, I'm, why would God choose me? And, and I think back to um, like the, the whole story of David. I know we talked about that a lot uh, a couple uh, podcasts ago, but I think about that idea of like as, as uh, Samuel's going through David's brothers, um, he, he sees a lot of um, he sees a lot of men that have uh, good qualities for a king in the world's eyes, big and strong, confident, rugged. Um, and yet they weren't who God was looking for. And, and God says this thing. He says, I look for the heart. And David has the heart. He has my heart. He has a heart after God. And I think so many times we look like we, we, we decide whether or not we can do something or want to do something or we look, we look at, the, at, the, at, at ourselves and we look at the mountains and we look at the, the, the obstacles, we look at the, the lack of resources, we look at all of the things and we decide that it would fail before we even try. And so we don't try. We, we think we, we, uh, we get an idea, we get, a, we get God tugging in our heart and, and he is saying, you, sh- you should go and do and then we go, okay, okay, but but Jesus, I what if it what if it fails? Like, but Jesus, I we we don't how how will I feed these people? How are we gonna feed the five thousand people, God? We don't have any food, and, and we don't have money to buy the food, and there's not any place around here. And what what do you mean? You want me? You want us to feed them? And, and we go, I think I misheard you. Or we go, you know what? It would be great if somebody would do that. But I don't, I don't think that person is me. And, and so what you have is you actually have one of the stages of creating anything, of doing anything, is that you have to get beyond. Um, I mean, I think, I think you have to count the cost. I mean, again, you have to be as innocent as a dove, but wise as a serpent. You have to count the cost. You can't just... You can't just um, decide that you're just going to do whatever. If God's not in it, you're not. It's not going to happen. But if God is calling you to do something, um, He's just calling you to be faithful. Um, and and whether that that res- gets the results you you thought that it should, um, the success really is not judged in numbers. Um, its success is judged in how faithful you were with with the resources that you have. That's that's why. Jesus tells this whole this whole story about this idea of the the talents, and he's like, you've got a guy with ten talents, and he went and he he invested them aggressively, and he doubled what he had, and you had a guy with five talents, and then and you got to the last guy, and the guy was like, well, I knew, master, you were you were were harsh, and you you reaped where you didn't sow, and you you had high expectations, and and I was just so afraid, I didn't want to lose it, so I went and buried it in my backyard. So here is the one talent back. And and the master in the parable um, is like, you foolish servant. 
at least the least you could have done is is put it on the bank in the bank and gotten interest on it, right? Like like you you wasted even though you only had one talent. You you only had this one little thing. You wasted it and now um it's taken away from you. And I I think that um it it's easy for us to see the obstacles, to see the challenges, to see the world, and be like, well, the world is never, I'm not going to change the world, so why even start? But here's the thing. If Jesus looks at you in your heart, and he says, you feed them, whatever that thing may be, you have to get past the automatic assumption that it's going to fail. It may. I mean, the second part of Hebrews chapter 11 and 12, that like it's, a, it's all about running the race and faith. But part of that is that sometimes people don't get to see what they want to see. Things don't get done. Uh, miracles don't happen. Uh, God, God saves some, but then doesn't save others. Jesus himself didn't heal everybody. And so sometimes you will be called to serve and it just... You won't see the 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 fruit times a thousand or two million or whatever it might be. You might just see a small change or no change at all. It seems <clears throat> sometimes we're we're called to love people, to care for people, and and those people never respond, never change. Sometimes those people are in our families. Sometimes they're coworkers. Sometimes they're friends, and we love them and we and we pray for them and we serve them and it and it seems like it doesn't ever change anything and and the deal is if even if it doesn't i mean we can't know people's hearts and so i would caution to say that it's not changing things but even if it doesn't our our job is to be faithful when jesus looks at us and says you feed them there's a there's a playfulness I think where he's like you imagine like I know that you can see all the problems I know that you can see all the 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 realities that of why you can't feed them but but what if you could what would happen what would happen if you could how what would that look like what would it look like for God to show up in such a big way that 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 two fish and five loaves would feed 5,000, and there would be plenty left over. And a lot of times we never get there when God calls, when God speaks to our hearts. We let the, we let the doubt and the reality and the lack of resources speak to our hearts, and we say, ah, oh, just can't be done. But I want you to be challenged. I want you to challenge yourself. What is it that God's calling you? What resources has he given you? What, what place has he put you in? What person has he put you next to? And he says, you feed them. And, and it may not be some grand gesture or some big thing that you have to do. It, it may not be something that, that, that puts the world on, on, on an edge and, and turns the world upside down. Although I think that just loving people as God calls us to love them and, and living in such a way has a natural tendency to do that. 
but but what is it where is it that God's saying to you 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 feed them and you take your resources and and you do the best that you can and see what God can do you take your resources and let God bless them and see what God can do I think I just I look at the I look at the world and I look at the, at America and I look at the times and and it seems at, at times so hard because there's so much darkness so many so many bad things are happening so many negative things and we 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 fall into um it feels like we fall into the pit of just being like well what difference could we make what what does it matter um and yet we have to live in such a way that we're like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, where we go, all right, God, even if you don't change the world, I'm going to, I'm going to go. Even if you don't, even if you're not going to save me from the fire, I'm going to serve you. Even, and, and, and we go with it with a full expectations that he is, he can, and he will. But, we also go knowing that his ways are higher and better. And so we are called to serve, but we do not determine the course. But we take our resources and we feed those around us. And and please don't hear this as just a metaphor about food, because I'm using the feeding the 5,000, but just just the idea that that, that Jesus sees where you're at. He knows your heart. He knows your circumstances. He knows your life. And he, um, he knows what he wants to accomplish through you. And he, his spirit, the Holy Spirit will speak to you and it will, it will call you to do things. And we will have an opportunity to respond sometimes daily, sometimes minute by minute. But when he calls, may we imagine all the things that could be. And may we have faith and courage to live in such a way that those things can be accomplished. Because God is bigger. God is better. God is, is more. And he can take our resources as we, as we put them forward for him to bless. As we share them with those around us, he takes our resources and he does more than we could ever imagine. What are the odds? What are the odds that five loaves and two fish could feed 5,000? Pretty low. But what are the odds that God is at work and doing something even now in your heart and in, 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 in the heart of those around you, in the lives of those around you, wherever you work, wherever you're at school, whether you're, whether you're at church, wherever you are in your family, what are the odds that God's at work? And the answer to that is 100%. God's moving. He's at work. And he's calling you to be a part of that. If you're a follower, he's calling you to be a part of that. So what is it that he's calling you? What is it, Where is he asking you to step out of faith, to, to have, to, to use your resources? And when you say, God, I see this. I see this need. He says, yeah, you feed them. I pray that you will ask God to reveal that to you and that you will that you will get rid of the doubts that stand in your way and that you will encourage and strength feed those people 
feed those people who are around you. Do the thing that God calls you to do. And see how he will bless your resources. 